Welcome to the Drum Set Shrink Podcast. My name is Stefano Ashbridge, and this is a show about drummers, drumming, and the challenges that come with playing the drums. Today we have our first guest on the podcast. We're going to talk to Bart Robley about his new book, The Rhythmic Journey. Bart is a professional drummer, educator, author, and podcast host. Bart, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. This is a this is a real honor to be on your podcast. Honors all mine. So to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your drumming journey? Yeah, you know, my drumming journey started really young. I'm going to completely date myself here. <laughs> my mom, when I was uh, growing up, she was uh, she loved Elvis. My mom was just a huge Elvis fan. And so in 1973, when I was five years old, you can do the math, uh, (laughs) my mom took me to see Elvis at the Denver Coliseum. And I don't remember the exact, I mean, I remember the concert, but I remember the event more than anything. And he had the, uh, he had a comedian come out and open the show. And then after the comedian, the Sweet Inspirations, which were his backup singers, they came out and kind of did hits of the day. I, I kind of remember them doing a whole lot of Motown and stuff like that. And they played with Elvis's band. And then Elvis came out and uh, and the the intro song that he, he walked on stage to was 2001 Space Odyssey. And when he hit the stage, it was like a bomb went off. And I was just like, I didn't know what was happening, but I knew the energy was phenomenal at, at, at that very young age. And then... Um, Shortly after that concert, there was a TV show called Aloha from Hawaii, Elvis Aloha from Hawaii. And that's kind of what started the whole thing because I was at this point now a huge Elvis fan and a music fan because, again, mom always had the, had the music playing in the house. Well, now at this point when I'm watching it on television, there's a camera set up behind Ronnie Tut's drum set and he's playing a big, huge blue sparkle Ludwig drum set and it was just amazing I was just mesmerized and I remember uh I've talked about this a lot on the on you know the deck show that his hi-hat was going up and down and I didn't know if that was an automatic thing or if he was doing it but I was just I was focused on that hi-hat I'm like how does that thing work and it was just mesmerizing to me so that's really how it started and I just carried on from there. Once I started playing, my my love for it and my passion for it just grew and grew and grew. That's amazing. I love to hear about that spark, you know, the show that, that just started it off. That's right. Great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I could feel it myself because, you know, we all have that experience. That's I love that. <laughs> yeah. it's. I think that's the thing that all drummers kind of, we all share that. Once we start talking, you know, whether it's on a podcast or we're just, you know, like where you and I, we met on my podcast, you and I did, but then the first kind of opportunity that we had to hang out was at the Sabian event at, uh, up in Burbank. And we all kind of told those stories. I, you know, how did you get started? How did you get started? Where did you grow up? You know, where did you take lessons? Who was your first influence? All that stuff. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I can totally geek out on that stuff. I completely love it. Yeah, exactly. And did you take lessons? Or? Yeah. Uh, so I bugged my mom and dad to get me a, a, 
a you know drum set. So my dad made me a drum set out of paint buckets. <laughs> wow! So so I I beat the heck out of that. And then when it when I was in the oh gosh, right before I started elementary school, I would just I I just kept bugging him. I'm like, I really want to play drums. I really want to play drums. And so my mom came home with a pair of sticks and a practice pad, one of those little square wooden blocks that that um you know kind of tilts to the side and has a piece of rubber on it and i just beat the heck out of that thing and then when i got into whatever grade it was that you could join the school band i i signed up for it well my dad went to the parent teacher night and he brought home a saxophone <laughs> and i'm like oh <laughs> are you new around here i don't want a saxophone <laughs> you know, i want a drum set and so anyway i played that for you know i don't know one year I think and then uh, but I spent more time in the back of the room beating on the drums and so the 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 band teacher said to my mom you know I think he should be a drummer so (laughs) they got the next year they got me a snare drum and I already knew some of the rudiments from you know kind of just I mean this was so long ago as archaic you know I mean I and coupled with the fact that I grew up on a cattle ranch there wasn't a music store that was real close by I was out in the sticks I was out in the middle of nowhere there was no internet, none of that. So I just kind of, you know, I kind of knew what a, a, a drum roll was. And one of my friends in school kind of showed me that. And then I had learned a paradiddle. But then when I got into that, when I when I got into the, the school band playing drums, I started taking private lessons. And uh, and it just went from there. You know, just uh, anybody that could, where I could pick up a piece of knowledge from or I could nick something from, like, ooh, what's that? I'll take that. You know, that's... Like everybody else, that's just what I did. You said you studied the saxophone for about a year when you were really young. I, I wouldn't say I studied it. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, made a, I made a bunch of noise with one, <laughs> but that was about it. <laughs> and oh, okay, Honestly, gotcha. you know, it's, what's funny is I would, like, you know, I'm sitting in my studio right now as we're, as we're recording this podcast, and I'm looking around me. I've got, I've got an e-drum set. I've got my drum set here that I record on. I've got a guitar. I've got a, I've got a s- cigar box guitar. And, you know, I, you know, there's tons of percussion instruments. I really kind of wish I did play the saxophone now because it would be fun. So, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll find one at a garage sale someday and buy it and, you know, start making noise again. But, yeah, I, I didn't really study it. <laughs> so do you play guitar? Um, again, I mean, I, I know a couple of chords and I can okay. fiddle around, but I, I don't play guitar. I, I actually bought the guitar because I, I wanted to learn and, uh, and I got it and it, everything I've learned has been, you know, from one of the guys in the band, Hey, show me how to do this. Show me how to do that. But I, I know enough to be dangerous and I pick it up and plunk around on it, but, uh, it's, it's on the bucket list to start taking lessons and, you know, learn how to play better well what what i you know what happens with me is every time and this is so dumb every time i pick up the guitar and i start practicing it i i'm literally sitting right beside my drum set and i start practicing and i'm playing along and and then i start thinking you know i i really need to work on that afro cuban thing or i really need to work on the yeah. <laughs> you know something on the drums and i'm like i'm just wasting time on this guitar and i go play the drums <laughs> I, it's like a, I feel guilty about it, I guess. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Your drums are looking over at you. I know. I need therapy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's awesome because, I mean, I'm playing another instrument uh, can only help you as in your perspective when you're playing the drums to have an understanding about what the other musicians are doing. So, All right. Do you, put, do you play anything else? Uh, kind of like you, very badly. It's, it's the same story where, you know, there's not enough time to work on my drumming that uh, I don't feel like I have enough time to seriously take up any other instruments. But, yeah, I can I can plunk around on guitar a little bit, I guess. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I'm sitting here and, I, and and you spend all the money on the guitar. You know, I got this beautiful, it's a beautiful Fender Stratocaster and it's like, you know, I should really learn how to play the darn thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> So if we fast forward from your, your beginnings, and I'm even fast forward to now, you are a busy, professional, working drummer with a lot on on your plate. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you've got going on? I know we're going to talk about the book. I know that's the new thing, but you do so many things. Can you just talk briefly about all the stuff that you've got going on? Sure. Yeah. I and and thankfully I'm a busy working drummer. I I have to say that because. Um, I'm like you. I mean, we live here in the L.A. area, you know, and 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 again, you and I were at the at the Sabian hang, you know, up in Burbank. Uh, and I could throw a rock out the window and hit 20 guys that play better <laughs> drums better than me. So I'm very thankful for everything I have. And I, I want to start with that. So, yeah, I, um, I moved to L.A. from Cal uh, from Colorado uh, many, many years ago. And I uh, just kind of started playing around the scene back when it was, you know, doing the, the Sunset Strip thing, doing the Roxy and the Whiskey, and back when Gazzari's around. Again, I'm dating myself. But played all the L.A. clubs, you know, and did that. And then um, kind of got tired of that. You know, I just got burned out on it, and I, I played in a couple of metal bands. And as much as I love heavy metal, it was, to me, it was kind of getting to where, uh, you know, it was really creative, uh, but yet everything was still kind of the same there there the, the voicing wise right drums bass guitar everything real loud and and i kind of wanted to add more voicings into my music and so i i got into and i'd always listen to country music and i'd all again growing up listening to elvis and all that sort of stuff i really liked other textures i guess we could say within the music mandolin slide steel clean guitar telecaster stratocasters not just loud distorted guitar so i got into the sam morrison band believe it or not 24 years ago and when i got into the band it was a country band and uh so the leap from being in a metal band to a country band was oh my god it was just insanely challenging um and at, at first, I'm sure, you know, we've all run into this where we hear something like, oh, it's easy. I can do that. But then when you kind of start digging in and you really start listening to the feels and the textures again, you know, back to that kind of, you know, way of describing it, you know, everything changed for me. Uh, it was a really pro gig. My first, I did a couple of local gigs and then uh, as a sub. And then he calls, Sam called me up and he goes, hey, my drummer has left the band and the guitar player left. And I've got a new guitar player, but I really need a drummer. And we're going on tour over in Europe for two weeks. And the gig is yours if you want it. And I said, yeah, man. So I've been holding on ever since, you know. 
That's and, awesome. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's worked out really good. And it's kind of become more of a, uh, we do a little bit of everything. We It's more like like classic Southern rock type of feel to it. A lot of very Almond Brothers-ish, you know, type of stuff. It, real jazz and rock influence stuff, which I really like um, uh, with our original stuff. And then for, you know, working wise, we do a lot of that type of music to in cover tunes to work. A lot of Almond Brothers and 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 stuff like that, Leonard Skinner and things like that. And then um, we have a Bob Seger tribute that keeps us super busy. And so and that, believe it or not, we got signed to a record label many years ago in 2007 to re-record all of the uh, Bob Seger stuff. And it ended up a lot of that. And, and because of that. Uh, we had to do it note perfect when we re-recorded it, and so a lot of the, all the songs were uh, from the second album on. I just cut to click reading the charts. I didn't, I didn't, uh, and I transcribed them and then went in and read them to click, and the rest of the band would come in and play. And so because of that, my studio chops and my reading chops got up. You know, I could, I could, I could cut a song without any other musicians in the studio with me and read it down and make it sound like, you know, like a song, make it sound musical. And uh, so that kind of, you know, sprung me into doing more studio work and more session work. Um, And yeah, I've always been a teacher and I really enjoy kind of like, you know, what Dom Fimularo talked about, always, um, you know, passing on to the next generation of drummers. And I, I really enjoy helping people. Like I really enjoy... I get a charge out of seeing a student, whether they come to me at the very beginning of their drumming journey or, you know, they've been playing for years and they want to work on their on their reading or their recording or they're learning the rudiments or what have you and see them get something out of that. I've just always loved that, you know, and uh, yeah. And so because of that, you know, it went into, well. If I'm a teacher, I've, I want to author some books. So I've, I've been a writer forever, and I have uh, I used to write for Classic Drummer Magazine and Music Scene International, but, you know, magazines that aren't even around anymore. But I've always kind of been a writer and uh, really enjoyed that. So that's how the whole writing thing started. Oh, excellent, which brings us perfectly into your new book. You have a new book that is uh, coming out or, or the digital edition is already out right talk yeah about that right so what it's kind of a cool thing so uh yeah um uh, the rhythmic journey unleashing the beat within uh i started writing it about three years ago and i'd already had a publishing deal on uh with with um center stream hal leonard so center stream was the publisher and hal leonard was the distributor on it and um the center stream is a is a great publisher they do a really good job and i really really enjoy what they do and we've had a fantastic relationship however with this book i knew i wanted to do something a little bit more so i i approached joe bergamini with hudson music uh joe you know from the sabian education network and um and uh i said hey look i've got this book and i i would really like to you know, see if Hudson is is willing to pick it up. And so I sent it over to him, and he said that they would pick up the online digital version. So to answer your question, finally, <laughs> the online <laughs> digital version is on Hudson Music. You can go to Hudson Music and look it up. It's on their homepage, and, uh, and you can buy it there. 
The hard copy version, uh, since they didn't want the rights to the printed version, I went back to Center Stream and told them what I was doing. And I had told them before, you know, I'd, I'd shop the book to Hudson that that's what I was doing. And he was fine with it. He goes, yeah, I want the, I want the, uh, the, the printed rights. I said, okay, great. So I signed a deal with them for the printed rights. So they're not, on Hal Leonard, it's not up there for the digital version, just the printed version. So uh, the printed version is coming out. Uh, on Hal Leonard, and I have a pre-sale, a little plug for the book here. i got a pre-sale going on my website right now, which is just my name, bartrobley.com. And if you go there and you, uh, the first 10 people that buy the book, and I've already sold a few, I'm not sure how many, but I have a few left. Um, uh, The first 10 people get a copy of my ASAP Drum Rudiments Plus, and it's just the original 26 rudiments on a rudiment sheet and uh, it's recorded you can download the rudiments and play along with them and then on the back of the uh, of this there's one of my original compositions which is a snare drum piece a rudimental snare drum piece that was um, influenced by the nard book uh, national association of rudimental drummers it's a song it's a piece of music called the attack of mark the shark <laughs> it's a um, nice yeah it's a cool little piece and it got signed to crucial music uh, for commercial use in movies or television or yogurt commercials or whatever they want to use it for. And uh, it's a fun little piece of music. It's on the back there. So if you're interested in the book and you want to buy it, you can go to my website and check it out and uh, buy it there. And once it comes in, you'll get a copy in the mail along with my uh, with that rudiment sheet. Excellent. I'll make sure to put the links in the show notes for anyone who wants to head yeah, over there. Yeah, I'll make sure to get them over to you too. Is there a release date pending for the hard copy book? You know, <clears throat> unfortunately, I just talked to uh, my publisher yesterday, and you know, once you kind of get put into the 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 queue to get to go to print, you know, Hal Leonard is such a big company they they will they won't give you a release date. They just don't do it, you know. So. They they said they're like for sure by Nam, but hopefully by Christmas. Realistically, though, uh, I have a feeling it'll be out this month because it went to it went to press in October. And whenever I've had something w- with Hal Leonard, it, like one hundred percent of the time, they always give you a date further out than what really happens. I think they kind of do that on purpose, you know, to give you a little bit of a right. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, so I'm thinking hopefully, okay. you know, hopefully within the next few weeks here. When the the uh, digital edition came out, I bought mine the first day and started reading through it. And I got to tell you, I just in reading, uh, you know, page after page, it just struck me all these wonderful benefits of rhythm and playing the drums, you know, just from you know, goal setting, listening skills time management um the discipline um just like one after the other just it made me want to go play the drums (laughs) great (laughs) really motivational yeah you know one of the things that and this is way into the book but one of the chapters the 10th chapter in the book is um uh you know motivation versus determination Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's kind of the subtitle of that chapter. But I think there's, you know, motivation to do anything, motivation to practice the drums, motivation to write the book. Okay, 
um, right. versus the discipline to do it are two different things. And I always tell my students that because, you know, I, you know, as we said at the beginning of our conversation, I'm sitting in my beautiful studio here that I'm so thankful for, and I've got this great set of Gretsch drums over here, and I've got a, a V-drum kit over here, and I've got my, my, my guitar. But, you know, even though I've played these things my entire life, it's still a huge challenge. And I think that that's something mm -hmm. that every drummer will tell you. You know, I, I go see my buddy Stefano play and I'm like, oh my God, I got to go practice the drums. Well, then you sit down and you try to do it and you can and, and, and practicing, you're doing something you're not good at, you know? And, and so that right. determination to get better at something, that determination to go, you know what, I'm going to climb this mountain and I'm going to get to the top of it. Well, as soon as you climb that mountain, well, there's another mountain over there that you got to climb, you know? So I think that determination to get through things is, is the one thing that I, I try to instill that in my students and I try to instill it in myself to tell you the truth, because it's really easy to get lazy and, and to not do it. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I try to, um, in, instill in my students. And I try to get, uh, you know, I try to get that to come across, in, in the book. For me, like I was saying, just reading that inspired me and I try to think of that uh, to keep things that inspire me around me for those times when I don't feel that motivated and mm -hmm. to just, uh, you know, to try and inspire me because uh, like you were saying, um, there's, you have the motivation, but then when you don't feel like it, you need that determination to keep going. Right. Like, let me, let me give it, let me ask you a question. What's one of the things for you that motivates you to practice? Like, or what's, what's one of the things that's motivational to you in your life? Listening to music. <laughs> well, I, definitely going to see a great show, uh, you know, having drumming friends like you that we can, uh, talk and bounce stuff off of, you know, hearing what everyone's got going on. But, uh, lately it's just, uh, I just noticed just listening to music that inspires me makes me want to get on the drums. And uh, I've also been thinking about like, what was I listening to when I was 12? <laughs> and then like going back and listening to that stuff and putting myself in that mindset of this is, this is what first started it all, you know, like you've mentioned with Elvis. Totally. And see, I think that's what we have to, we all have to have that, right? We all have to have that in our life to you can kind of, you know, get in touch with that inner 12 year old, you know, I remember yeah. one time, um, and this really hit me like a ton of bricks and I, and it really hopefully changed. Well, it did change my mindset again, back into the thankfulness of, of the things that I have. I was walking through the NAM show and I'm, I was just walking down a one of the aisles and I saw these two guys walking, kind of escorting this guy in front of me. And I wasn't really paying attention. I was just kind of walking through and looking at the show. Well, then all of a sudden I realized that the guy they were escorting was Paul Stanley. And, and I, and I just thought to myself, oh, wow, that's cool. It's Paul Stanley. Right. And, and I kind of, the, the, it was that simple of a thought. Oh, wow. There's Paul Stanley. Well, all of a sudden I realized, I've been in Los Angeles way too long because back to the, <laughs> you know, the 12 year old thing, man, if I was 12 years old and I'm walking along and Paul Stanley was there, I would have flipped the hell out, man. I would have just gone berserk, you know, 
And, and so I kind of, at that point, I was like, you know what? I can't take this stuff for granted anymore. I have to really realize that, hey, Paul Stanley, I was a huge Kiss fan when I was a kid, man. I, I was, you know, I was the kid that painted his face like, you know, Gene Simmons or Peter Chris and joined the, you know, joined the talent show. I loved Kiss. And then also you get callous to it. No, you can't do that. You have to keep that. I think that that's why I asked you. I think that internal love for what the original spark was. So I went through this whole phase. It started with Elvis, but then it went into Kiss and Led Zeppelin and and stuff like that, you know. So just finding that spark. And I, I think that's perfect. That's why I asked the question, what is it that motivates you? But then now, okay, you go to so which, give me a song that you that you want to play but you've never played in your life like i've uh, this it's a drummer song right every drummer knows this but i don't know it you got one of those uh yeah i would say uh this is one that i i listen to all the time but i don't think i've ever even tried to sit down and play it is uh gray street by the dave matthews band oh okay perfect perfect now if you sat down to try to play that right now you know, as well as I know, being professional musicians, that that is not going to be something like you may be able to get through a, fr- a few bars. And, and but then all of a sudden there's going to be Carter Buford's going to have played something where it's like, whoa, what was that? You know, or wait, how did you know, how did he do that? What's the bass drums doing? And you got to go back. And there now that goes into the other the 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 other chapter of critical listening really critically listening to the music oh man you know what that kick drum that's not on three that's on the e beat of three or you know whatever it's on the last note of the tr- the you know the sextuplet of three whatever it is you know i'm just pulling this out of the air but you that's the critical listening part that's the part where you have to you have to really sit back and listen to the music and at the beginning of the podcast i was talking about um the recording that I did with with Michael Blum. Michael Blum was the producer uh, on all of the Bob Seger records that we had done, the re-records of Bob Seger music that we did with uh, the Sam Morrison band. And then subsequently, as a side note, I ended up doing a lot more re-records other than just Bob Seger. I did a whole bunch of the meatloaf stuff and a whole bunch of just one-off stuff back from the 50s. Again, it's all for commercial use, for, you know, I joke about a yogurt commercial, but literally I got got a song that I play drums on a song in a yogurt commercial. That's where the the joke came from. (laughs) But, but, yeah, and so, you know, doing those songs and being able to um, read them and, and transcribe them and then go in and and reproduce that that's the critical listening part it's not the 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 drumming part the part where you're sitting at the drum set with the headphones on and the click going and the and the tape rolling or the you know the the pro tools running however you're recording it um you know that's the last step in a very long process on my end of things in a recording studio you know, and so and the critical listening is where that is is where that all starts. Definitely, yeah, and that's a great skill to have, especially if you one has the aspiration to becoming a professional working drummer to be able right. to do that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You have to you have to have that. You have to have that. Going back to the book, uh, you'd mentioned right. that you started writing it, or it, it, the the spark was uh, like three years in the making. What was the initial spark or motivation that 
that started the book. Perfect. Well, so I had I had always written, like I said, and I have a I have a medium blog page you can go and and look okay. at and uh, you can read my blogs there. I used to write for Classic Drummer, interviewed a lot of great drummers and did some fantastic articles with them. I think some of them are still up online. And uh, Music Scene International, just any place that would publish my stuff, I, I, you know, I was all about it. I wanted to get my viewpoint out as a drummer. So um, I, had a, I knew I had a book in me about rhythm and drumming and the journey that I was on and, and the things that I had done to become a drummer. And when COVID hit, I was, um, you know, the, as with everybody else, the world just kind of shut down. And I'm like, well, how am I going to keep my teaching practice going? How am I going to, you know, how am I, th- there's no gigs. All the gigs got canceled. What, do, what am I going to do? Right. So I'm out for a hike um, just because I, I, I'm, you know, I like to keep myself in shape. I work out, do stuff. I was out on a hike. Actually, my wife was with me, I think. And my phone rang, and it was Chip Ritter. And, and he, that's how Drummer's Education Connection podcast got born. And uh, yeah. how I met Jeremy. And I had met Jeremy Steinkohler at NAMM a few years before. But, um, uh, you know, we became really good friends through that. Well, he had written a book called Finding the Groove. So that's a plug for Jeremy's book. It is an amazing book. I don't know if you've read it. I sure have. Oh, definitely. isn't that such an amazing book? Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, his his whole thing on on the and I'm going to say it wrong. I know I'm going to say it wrong on the myelin sheathing uh, in mm-hmm. your brain. It's it's he he so eloquently puts it that it's like insulation on wires, and it's this it's a it's a chemical in our brains that makes us uh, pick up muscle memory. So let's say I'm playing paradiddles right left right right left right left left and i'm practicing those over and over again well that myelin sheathing makes the the muscles just automatically do it well if you're playing the paradiddle right left right 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 left right left 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 uh, you know you're playing it all wrong the myelin sheathing doesn't know it just keeps sending that signal so if you're practicing good or correct or you're practicing bad and incorrect the myelin sheathing doesn't know. It just keeps sending the signal. And so you have to get past that. You have to make sure you're doing it right, and you have to do the repetitive motion so that it, the, the muscle memory will kick in. And that really inspired me to, you know, because he, he worded it so well, and he explained it so well. And I had been, I already had some a couple of pages written, but I was like, you know what? Now's the time I'm going to write my book. So I just started writing and it was you know a page at a time just like anything else a little bit here a little bit there and I think with any project the um, the the follow-through to finish something is the hardest part you know you once you write a book you think it's done but it's not and so the follow-through is always the hardest part and but that was the inspiration honestly was I knew I wanted to do it and and Jeremy just kind of, you know, made sure that that candle was lit and away I went. I just kept going with it till it was done. So you had inspiration just like, you know, musical inspiration, but uh 
book inspiration. I guess. Totally. And see, that's what, we're ta- what you were talking about a minute ago, right? When I asked you what inspires you, it's the drummer friends around you. It's the guys around you. It's the people that are cheering you on. And, and so that was my vot- motivation. But believe me, it took determination because there's so many times I'm sitting here staring at my computer screen and my eyes are bleeding and I just want to turn it off. <laughs> You know, I yeah. don't want to ride anymore, you know, and and uh, and when I'm uh, when I'm on the road with the band, you know, uh, sometimes it's like I'm sitting in, in my hotel room and I've got a couple of hours and I just don't want to write, you know, but I, it's never going to get done. Yeah. It's not going to write itself. So you just go to work, you know, and yeah, it was a lot of determination. And so there again, that that discipline that it takes to do that. So everything, everything all ties into it, I think. Yeah, definitely hard work, but it definitely paid off. I really enjoy reading the book. And uh, what I usually do is uh, I skim the chapters to get at the lay of the land. And now I'm looking forward to getting back in there and really digging into each each chapter. So congratulations. It's a wonderful book. Can you tell us uh, again where it's available? You mentioned through Hudson and then at your website. Yeah, so if you go to Hudson Music, uh, HudsonMusic.com, the digital download is there. And uh, Joe Bergamini and Rob Wallace have done an amazing job with Hudson Music. And that's, that was the, that, that's why I wanted to be on there. And just the fact that I'm on, you know, the same publisher, uh, you know, as Steve Gadd and Greg Bissonette and, you know, all these amazing drummers. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's such an honor. So Hudson Music, you can go there, you can download it, you can read it today. If you want a hard copy of it, uh, go to my website, bartrobley.com, and uh, and there's a button on there where you can buy the hard copy. And once again, the uh, kind of the little um, perk that I'm running on that is a couple of years ago, I did, uh, actually it was about a year and a half ago now, I think, uh, my publisher on CenterStream, uh, uh, approached me and said, hey, I want to do a, uh, a thing on the original 26 rudiments. And oh. so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, and I had actually had the original 26 rudiments actually just already done. I had already kind of put it together in a little format on my computer. And I was like, okay, done deal. And then uh, we put uh, the Attack of Mark the Shark solo on the back of it. And I recorded them and, and did all this stuff. And so he put that out and it's, it's literally, it's like one, it's a little, you know, handout. It's a, it's a one page thing and the solos on the back. It's a great, great uh, tool. And so if you go to my website and you, uh, the first 10 people that buy the book, you'll get a copy of that with it. And again, that's bartrobley.com. So that's, and that's the only place where you can get the hard copy as a pre-sale. Once it comes out, it'll be, you know, everywhere that, that Hal Leonard sells stuff. And now is and you know what again Hal Leonard being on there Hal Leonard is like the biggest music publisher in the world so being on Hal Leonard is just also such an honor and so getting one book on two publishers is absolutely amazing Hal Leonard is so big now they do a little bit of everything they do they used to be just the king of publishing but now I mean Gretsch is involved with them and all these other companies and so that's why it's kind of like you know what I I think I want to go with the digital on Hudson because they're more specialized just in you know just in education and publishing they're not they're not selling guitar picks and stuff as well and and again that does not that's not a slam that just that's what they're focused on 
Right, right, definitely. All right, well, everybody, go get the book. Bart, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, and for those of you who, you know, if you live up in the L.A. area, he's such a great guy. He's been on the Drummer's Education podcast and just a, a real friend of the Drummer's Education uh, connection and the deck show. And I really, really, really appreciate you doing this for me and giving me a plug on my book. It's just been it's been really wonderful. And if there's ever anything that I can do or we can on the deck can do for you, please let us know. Uh, we're, we're, we'll always be there for you and what you're doing. You've got some great stuff going on, buddy. Thanks, Bart, and me as well. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find me at drumlessonsinla.com. My name is Stefano Ashbridge. Until next time.